Well, whether you're joining us online, whether you're watching up at Quakertown, or whether you're here in person with us at Souderton, we are so thankful that you joined us for our first Sunday here in 2022 at Calvary. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Logan. I'm a part of our students team. I'm usually up at our Quakertown campus, and we are kicking off a new series, like Chad said, called The Voice. And what we're going to do over these next couple of weeks is look at some different psalms from the Bible, some different human voices, but some ways they talk about how they heard God's voice and some characteristics of God that they were learning about at various important points in their lives. But before we do that, it is a new year, 2022. And how many of you have made your New Year's resolution? You figured out what you're going to do already. All right, a couple of you. And how many of you have already broken your New Year's resolution two days in. Anyone? No judgment from me. No judgment from me. It happens. I was clicking around on the internet and I found a list of the most common New Year's resolutions. And again, I found it on the internet. So, you know, this is 100% reliable. The top five New Year's resolutions that I found were number five, live life to the fullest. It's kind of an open-ended one. Not sure what that's all about. But number four, learn a new skill or hobby. Number three, get organized. Number two, lose weight. And number one, exercise more. Have any of you ever made one of those resolutions like that? Tried to learn a new hobby, maybe tried to exercise more? Yeah, most of us probably have in our lives, right? At the beginning of 2021, I had hoped that I would be able to exercise a little bit more. I bought a bike over 2020. That was one of my, you know, COVID quarantine purchases and I got out riding it and I was like, hey, this is cool. I want to try and ride this more. Maybe I'll try and ride my bike three times a week. December 31st, 2021 rolls around and you know I open up my little fitness app and I was like, I missed that goal by a mile. (laughs) It was not even close, not even close. And I hope I'd be able to complete that goal. I had really hoped. But like I said, when the end of the year rolled around, I found it wasn't what happened. I didn't live up to what I had hoped to. And I think maybe some of you are sitting there going, I'm not even going to make a New Year's resolution. My my New Year's resolution is just to kind of survive each and every day. But what are you hoping for this year? Because I think we all hope for things at the end of the day. When you look back and think, think ahead maybe, uh, what life will look like on December 31st, 2022. I know, that's way in the future, hard to think about. But when we get to the end of the year, what do you want to look back on and see if had happened this year? If you're like me, you'll have one to look back and see that the Eagles have continued to keep running the football and Jalen Hurts has taken a big step in his development. And they're not just like barely getting into the playoffs. No, they're killing it next season. That's one of my hopes. Maybe you're a student in here. We have any middle school, high school, college, grad school students in here. Are you hoping to do uh, better? Are you hoping to get some better grades? You kind of looked at your last semester and you're like, eh, I could probably pull these up a little bit. Maybe you do have a personal life change that you would like to make, exercise, eating better, new skill, new hobby, like that said. Or maybe you see somebody else who you care very much about who's engaging in a really destructive life habit that you want to see them make a personal life change. Or maybe you have someone who you were very close to who your relationship is fractured over the last couple years. And you're hoping to have peace made in that relationship. You're hoping for a restored relationship with that person. Or maybe you're just looking around and going, I can't even begin to to kind of comprehend what I want my life to look like because I just want an end to all this craziness that's going on in the world right now. And I just want some sort of return 
to normalcy. So when we look back, when we get to the end of 2022, how do we know that what we hope for will happen? And maybe what happens when we look around at the end of the year and go, man, still not a lot of things have changed. Well, I hope what we read today provides some encouragement to you as we begin this new year. And as we look in our psalm that we're going to take a look at today, that where we can find our hope at. So if you have your Bibles with you, turn to Psalm 34. That's where we're going to be today. If you do not have a Bible and you would like uh, one of your goals or life habits is to read the Bible more, we have a Bible for you. If you're here in Souderton, go back out to the hub. Uh, If you're in Quakertown, we have them on the cart in the back for you. If you're watching online or you're here with us in person and you don't have a physical Bible, you can also pull up the version Bible app right on your phone and have that with you wherever you want. But anyway, we're going to be in Psalm 34 today. And the book of Psalms, like I said, is a book of poetry. Uh, Many different authors wrote these Psalms. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the entire thing and then we're going to kind of break it down. So this might sound a little bit different or a little weird. We might have some metaphor, some imagery, some poetic language. So just keep that in mind as we read through this. This is a poem. So I'll read the whole thing. And then we'll break it down a little bit. So again, this is Psalm 34. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his holy people, for those who fear him lack nothing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, my children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their cry. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil to blot out their name from the earth. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. The righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. He protects all of his bones. Not one of them will be broken. Evil will slay the wicked. The foes of the righteous will be condemned. The Lord will rescue his servants. No one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. So like I said, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of vivid imagery and metaphor and simile, simile going on in there using some of those terms you maybe learned in English class. So what's happening in this psalm? What's it really talking about? Well, I kind of found three big sections of this poem, this psalm. And the first one happens within the first eight verses or so, and it's an invitation The man who wrote this psalm was a guy named David. He was a very important king of the Israelite people, the people who we read a lot about in the Old Testament. 
And he's describing a situation that the Lord delivered him from. And he says, yeah, if you've been in a tough situation, if you've been afflicted and the Lord has saved you from it like me, let's praise him together. Let's thank him for what he's done for each of us. And I kind of find it funny that in verse 6, I think it is. Yeah, verse 6, David says, this poor man called and the Lord heard him. And I was thinking about this and I was like, wait a second, David, you're the king. You're the farthest thing from poor out of anyone who would be reading this. You have everything. You have everyone at your command. What's going on? Why are you saying you're a poor man? Well, I left out the introduction of this psalm when I read this. And it says the psalm is of David. But the introduction says he wrote this when he pretended to be insane before Abimelech, who drove him away and left. You see, David wasn't the king yet. At this point, David wasn't the king yet. I'm so sorry. My mic keeps uh, getting loose here. (laughs) Um, David's not the king yet. He's running from the current king, whose name is Saul, because David's been anointed as the new king. And Saul's like, I don't like that. I want to be the king. I want to kill you, David. So David has to take off running. And he flees to the country of the Philistines, who are the Israelites' arch nemesis. They fought all the time. Maybe not the best move by David, but he had to run. And he went to a city called Gath, very important uh, city in the Philistine country. And the king, Abimelech, recognizes David. He goes, hey, that's that David guy who's this mighty warrior. And David had to pretend to be a madman, to be insane, to convince the king to not kill him, basically. So the king wouldn't do the same thing that Saul was trying to do. So when David says, hey, glorify the Lord with me, let us exalt his name together, what he's doing, and he's not, he's not taking the credit. He's not saying, look how awesome I am, and look how great this plan was, um, and, and look how smart I am. No, he's saying, God did this for me. God delivered me from the hands of my enemies. And he uses a phrase, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. So when David writes these types of things, we can see that he's talking from personal experience. And he's inviting the people of Israel to join in with him and praise the Lord together with him. So maybe you're looking for an invitation of something new this year. You're looking to try something different or you're maybe a little newer to this faith or church thing or or you're kind of really looking to find who is God really? I would invite you to taste and see that the Lord is good. Now, like I said, this is poetry. So why is this image in here? Why why taste? Well, I love to eat food, which probably explains why I didn't get on my bike as much and ride it as much because I love to eat food. And very fortunate for me, my wife is a very good cook and baker. So we have a great marriage because she makes yummy things and I eat them. It's great. It's wonderful. And my wife's also from England originally. So she has a lot of different English foods that I've gotten to try over these past couple years. And one night we were talking and she was like, I just want to make something super English for you. And I'm like, oh yeah, what's that? And she says, we're going to have toad in the hole for dinner tonight. And I was like, pardon me? Toad in the hole? She was like, yeah, 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 toad in the hole. I'm like, what on earth is toad in the hole? And basically what it is, it's meat and bread and all this yummy stuff. And I tried it and I was like, hey, this is actually really good. I love toad in the hole. 
But I can try and describe that to you. I can try and describe to you how yummy toad in the hole is. But until you actually come over to our apartment and my wife makes toad in the hole for you and you eat it, you're going to be sitting there going, giving me the same look that I gave my wife when she first suggested to eat toad in the hole. You're going to be like, why am I eating toad in the hole? What is this ridiculous thing? So why do I bring all this up? Taste and see that the Lord is good means we have to experience what God is doing. We have to see where he's working in the world. We have to see where his goodness is. We can't just absorb knowledge and kind of sit back and be passive about it. No, we have to come and see what God is doing. So if you're looking for an invitation, I do invite you. Come and see. Taste and see that the Lord is good. See how his goodness can change your life. So we have an invitation, and then we move on to our next section, which is some instruction. This is known as a wisdom psalm. So David, as the former or future king, uh, he ended up giving his people some instruction in here. And what he says is, fear the Lord, you his holy people. Now, what does that mean to fear the Lord? Because at first glance, it kind of seems like David's saying like, oh, we have to be terrified of the Lord. He's going to come zap us with lightning bolts and we're, if we're doing the wrong thing. That's not what fear of the Lord means, not to be terrified. It's more to recognize that God is the one who is in control over all things. It's to recognize his great mercy and compassion and goodness. It's more of a reverence, a respect, an awe, a wonder about who God is. Because again, in David's situation, he's realizing he did nothing to earn it from God. So what David's saying is how we appropriately respond to God's goodness, how we appropriately come taste and see a couple of the ways, keep your tongue from evil and lips from telling lies, turn from evil and do good, seek peace and pursue it. Again, not to earn God's favor, but in response to his goodness. Now, what does that mean for us practically here in 2022? Well, maybe you're looking for some instruction. Hey, that's good for you. That takes a humble posture. That's good. That's not something I'm willing to do all the time. Not something we're all willing to do all the time. That's great. But what does this practically mean to seek peace and pursue it? Because we might kind of think about the word peace and we might think of like a tie-dye bumper sticker on the back of someone's car that says like, oh, good vibes or something like that. But the word for peace in Hebrew is shalom. And it means so much more than good vibes. They used it as a greeting, a way to say hello to one another. They used it as a goodbye. It was so much more than just peace. It meant wholeness. It meant completeness. It meant harmony in the community. So again, this is an action step that we have to do. It's not just, oh, we, we claim good vibes and they happen. No, we have to seek out peace. We have to do it. And one of the ways to do that is to keep your tongue from evil, to spread encouragement in that way. And this is so easy to recognize when someone else is doing this, right? It's so easy for me to log on the internet and go, oh my goodness, that commenter's terrible and that person shouldn't have posted that on Facebook and I can't believe he said that and log off and feel good about myself. But I also have to think about when have I spoke harshly of someone else? When have I gossiped about someone behind their back? When has my conduct on social media been less than gracious and encouraging? So this is a great way for each and every one of us to pursue peace, true shalom and wholeness in this way. 
So if you're looking for some instruction for this new year, seek peace and pursue it. Use your tongue, use your words to affirm and build up. And remember, we don't do this to, to check off our I did my good deed box for the day. No, it's not, the Bible's not meant to be a checklist of do's and don'ts. The Bible is moving us to a destination. The destination of the person we just celebrated at Christmas, Jesus. So we have an invitation, we have some instruction, and then we end our psalm with some affirmation. Once again, David is affirming who God is and what God has done for him. David says the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He saves those who are crushed in spirit. No one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. David is giving an affirmation that God will keep his promises. And when I think about this image of refuge, or I think about what David was probably thinking of in his image of refuge, all the places he had to run to, this was his life over and over again, fleeing from his enemies and seeking the Lord. David went to a literal cave to get away from Saul, who was chasing him. When David is surrounded by enemies, in which each of us is surrounded by enemies and hard things, we want a city of refuge. We want a, we want a cave that's going to protect us, right? And time and time again, whether it was an enemy chasing after David or whether David's situation was self-inflicted, God showed his goodness to David and he always kept his promises to be near to David. So what does this mean for each of us? Because I hope you're not being chased by another king from another country right now. That's probably not a situation any of us are going to experience. But I think, honestly, we could all use some affirmation to start this new year out. Because maybe you're thinking, yes, I've heard the words of this psalm, and, and I think I understand it on some level, but the Lord still feels distant to me. I can't seem to see where God's goodness is existent in my life. What do I do with that? What do I do when God doesn't feel close? And what I want to encourage you with is God is still close even when it doesn't feel like it. God is still close to us even when we have trouble sensing his presence or seeing his presence or feeling his closeness, but he is still close to us. And we know this because of whose birth we just celebrated at Christmas. Psalm 34, David writes, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount says, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. The psalm says, no one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. Jesus says, for God did not come into the world, or God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. The psalm says, the righteous person may have troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. Jesus says to his disciples, in this world you will have troubles. He's not trying to deny that hard things will happen. He's, he's saying, yes, in this world you will have troubles, but take heart because I have overcome the world. And one more connection here. Psalm set, the psalm says he protects all of his bones not one of his legs will be broken. The night that Jesus died on the cross, 
he was crucified, his legs did not have to be broken. What happened during that time in the Roman Empire when you were crucified is they take your hands, they nail them to the cross like this. You'd have to literally use your lungs to pick yourself up, to breathe. They'd let you struggle that way. And then they'd come around, they'd break your legs, and you'd suffocate because you couldn't pull yourself up in that way. Even in Jesus' darkest, most uh, difficult moment of suffering that he did not deserve, God was still close to him. Even though Jesus didn't feel it, he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me on the cross? God still kept his promises. And when Jesus died on the cross, he said, it is finished. Through his death and resurrection, he did what he promised. He overcame the world. Jesus came to bring comfort to us. He came to offer us a way to seek peace, shalom, true peace, and to have once again an intimate relationship with God. Whether you need an invitation, whether you need an affirmation, or whether you need some instruction, and I gotta think about this too, which one of these I wanna pick, which of these are you gonna focus on for your new year, 2022? Maybe it is that invitation to taste and see that the Lord is good, to come and and, and join us here at Calvary or on Wednesday nights in Charles' class or in the Storyline class. Or if you're a middle school or a high school student here, I want to invite you to come check out CMS or CHS. Uh, We are going to talk all about Jesus during this winter and a little bit into spring as well. So maybe that's it. Maybe it's your invitation to taste and see. Come experience God's goodness for yourself. Or maybe you have been following Jesus for a long time. Maybe you are the person who God will use to extend that invitation to someone else. Share your story in your workplace, at your school, at your sports team, in your parent-teacher organization, in your neighborhood. Invite somebody else to taste and see. Share your story of how the Lord has been good in your life. Maybe... You're going to take that instruction to heart and and kind of discover how you can seek peace, how you can use your words in an encouraging way. Maybe think of one person in your life who you know could just use some encouragement and you could be the tangible sign of God's goodness and peace through your words. Or maybe you're sitting there just crying out to God saying, God, my problems have extended well beyond everything in 2020 happened. Well beyond it. God, show me that you're close. Seek out that affirmation because it may not come in the way that you expect, but I just have to go back to the words that the Psalms said. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. The Lord saves those who are crushed in spirit. No one, no one, no one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. Let's pray. God, we praise you and we thank you that you stay close to us. You keep your promise in that way. God, we thank you that despite the problems of my mic continually falling off my ear or (laughs) a little problem like that or the major, major problems that we have going on in our lives, that you stay close to us. You stay with us. God, thank you for the stories of people like David and uh, many, many people that we read about in your word and how you're close to them, how they can find refuge, how they found refuge in you. And for the instruction on how we can find refuge in you as well.
God, as we begin this new year, guide each and every one of us as we seek you more closely. God, I pray that everyone in here will be able to taste and see that you're good. We'll be able to see your goodness firsthand in their lives. And Lord, just be with us as we begin this new year. It's in your name we pray. Amen.